Summer is here and you might be seeing things in your garden that you're not used to. On this episode of Garden Time, we visit with Jan McNeilan about some summer garden tips to help you navigate those problems. And we have ideas for making your summer gardening easier too. Garden Time is brought to you by Capital Subaru in Salem, Oregon. Here at Capital Subaru, we are family. From you, our customers, our coworkers, and even our actual family members work here. This is my son, Casey. We're generations ahead of the competition, and we're always working to keep you and your family moving. We're here for you. We make it easy to join our Capital Subaru family. All the support you need, from sales and financing, to service and parts. We'll be here for you for generations to come. And generations after that. I'm Blake. And I'm Casey. We make it easy to join our Capital Subaru family. Where it's your, your way, way on, on the, the parkway. parkway. Welcome to the Garden Time Podcast. We're based in the Pacific Northwest of the United States in a Zone 8 region. This zone deals with plants that can survive in 10 degrees Fahrenheit or warmer. I'm producer Jeff Gustin with your hosts Judy Alaruzzo and Ryan Seeley. Welcome to Garden Time. Uh, today we're at Portland Nursery and we have talked to, with Portland Nursery about containers. So you will, you can go back and look at that podcast that we did earlier. Um, we are, since we're in the store, you're going to hear people shopping. So just to let you know that. But we're here with Jan and we're talking about summer tips today. Um, a lot of people, when they get in the summer, they said, okay, my gardening is done. I did it in the spring. <laughs> I watered enough. Yeah, there's a lot people can still do, correct? Sure, sure. absolutely. And uh, so what would be the, the number one tip that you would start with? Well, and then we'll get into details. I would say this time of year, people are wondering if they should uh, deadhead their rhododendrons. What should, should they take the old blooms off? And sure, if that's what you want to do, and if you do uh, do snap off the old buds, the new growth will come better and faster for next year to set buds. But if you can't reach the top, don't get in a, on a ladder and try to get them off sure. of there. I always use the example of when you're driving up to Mount Hood and you see all the native rhododendrons, no one is... You're <laughs> always out in the woods picking all the dead yes, blooms okay. exactly. They're still going to bloom next year? Exactly. But just like any other spring bloom, camellias, rhododendrons, azaleas, clean off those uh, old blossoms and after anything that blooms in the spring, you uh, clean it up and hope it'll set new buds for the, for the next year. And what about pruning them? Yeah, so you have to be careful. Right, because yeah. now, if, you know, my rhododendron, I realize, you know, it's really too big for it is. It needs to get chopped back. If you're ever going to do it, it's right after it blooms. So yeah. if you're going to take it out, do it now. Pretty much, we always just say if the branch is in your way, cut it off, no matter what right. time of year it is. <laughs> yeah. No it's matter what time of sure. year it is. <laughs> right, but yes, you can prune it back. Um, I have one native that's very old in the front yard and half of it has died out now. And, and so I just saw before I came today um, where it's opened up and the trunks are opened up for the light where the other big branches were before. It's starting to grow from the main trunk at the base. There's a whole bunch of new growth. So bottom line is you can cut those rhododendrons down to stumps and they're gonna come, come back. back. Yeah, you just but might not have flowers. It'll be a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I noticed my lilacs, I forgot to deadhead my lilacs, and now it's July, so I, knew, I think I need to be careful so I don't take off flower buds, or it's still that, no, in it, that grace time. The, well, the, the 
the flower head for the lilac is dead because it's done blooming. So if you just cut that off, it's fine. You're not cutting right. off anything right. for the just don't year. go farther. Yeah, just don't prune it too hard. Yeah. And what about you know fertilize mm. this time of year? You know if you if you cut back these rhodes or camellias or is now at the time to fertilize those or when that new growth is starting to come out? Yes. Yeah. But I'm like Laura, who was talking earlier in the container segment, um, sort of forget to keep fertilizing. So it, if you could make yourself at least once a year go around and see what everything means, <laughs> <laughs> that's helpful. Right. Well, yeah. if you had compost, though, that kind of helps. Sure, and mulches, good mulches, good mulches mm -hmm. you bet. Most of our soils in this area are clay. The clays are very nutritious soils. But what you need to do is add organic matter. So compost, mulch, whatever you can, leaves, whatever. Right. There's a lot of those plants you think about, you know, putting so much energy into promoting that bloom and then into the new growth. That's when right. they're sucking up all right. the, exactly. the nutrients out of the ground. Exactly. So strawberries. I so enjoyed strawberries. I didn't think we had a really kind of wet, cold spring, and I thought we are not going to see strawberries. I have just a tiny, tiny basket of them, but they were delicious. And so what do we do for if we have like a bigger strawberry patch? Well, what I did was about half of mine froze out this last year. Oh, it was a weird winter it we was, had. It was, it yep. was. So I cleaned it up, and I, you're really supposed to fertilize berries in August after they've produced, but I shot them with a little fertilizer yes, now because I needed those plants sure. to come back. And then I replanted some other berries in with them. And they're slow. Usually when you see that first blossom on a strawberry, it's 21 days before you're going to have fruit. That long? About. Oh, wow, yeah. I didn't think it was that long. So I'm going to have strawberries in August. August. <laughs> but you're going to have strawberries. We're going to be at your house. It's right. not June berry. But cleaning them up, out. and then I had a neighbor say, well, don't you have to put new ones in every year? It's like, no. Oh. So if you have runners from from the spring and into summer, you can re cut them off the main plant and replant those runners and increase your uh, strawberry bed. Does the main plant, does it lose its yield a little bit the longer that it's been in there? So like well, not if it died and I had to put it <laughs> <a> more in. <laughs> so, yeah, eventually, but you can have strawberry fields for, you know, quite a few years yeah. that are good producers if you take better care right. of them. And if you, like you said, you know, that runner is now a new plant, right, so that's right, what's right. Re rejuvenating. Yeah, it's a freebie. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can go buy them, but it's You know, free. what about other, you know, gardening things, you know, people have, you know, they're getting their tomatoes in, you know, people sometimes worry about, is it too late to be planting a garden when you start getting into the end of the summer? Last place? year I planted on June 22nd. And you still and, had tomatoes. And I still had tomatoes. Um, so what, I mean, we all, in April we want it to be summer. Right. And so you're putting things in, but they're, until your soil warms up enough, they're going to they're gonna be there, and you planted right. them, but they're not going to do much anyway. So um, given the summer heat and water and care, they're going to be fine and catch up. There's a lot of times a garden planted in April that just sat there in cold soil, <laughs> and another plant, garden planted in June look the same in September. Oh, yeah. It just doesn't take much. I think I'd rather do that than be out with a raincoat. Well, me too. <laughs> well, and the soils are too so muddy. So cold, yes. You, you know, hurt to, the soil. To get yes. much planted. Yeah. So, uh, 
I have a few seeds left to plant, but other than that, it's okay. I just reseeded another row yeah, right. of green onions this week myself, just to kind of stagger yeah. my crops. A that bit. is nice, because then you have it longer. Right. And that's really something to do. Look at that seed pack, save some of it, and then do yeah. some succession. And I did some lettuce also, because you know, as my yeah. first one start mm -hmm. to right. oomph out and bolt out, then I'll have another. Green beans work the same way. Bush green beans, just put in a few, and that's enough for a dinner, and put in a few more a week right. later, and uh, yeah. extends your season. For sure. That is smart. And then lawns, people that have lawns, is there something we should be doing? It's kind of getting into the hot kind of well, weather in July. There's one thing to know, and that is if you don't water your lawn, it's not going to die. It looks like it's dead, but it's not um, because the, our grasses here will go dormant. In Oregon. In, in Oregon, Washington. yeah. Okay. And, in the Pacific Northwest. Okay. Um, and then as soon as the fall rains start, it'll green up again. Now, if you want a super green lawn all the time, then yes, you have to look at some a regime of fertilizers, possibly putting lime on, depending on what the pH of your soils are. Um, the other thing that happens is people worry about big brown patches. And um, sometimes it's because a sprinkler is now uh, maybe been in for a long time and is now hitting a bigger shrub so it's not getting to where it used to uh, or it's a compacted dry area mm -hmm. take a big screwdriver and push it down into those brown areas and if it goes into the green areas easier you know that you need to get mm -hmm. more water slowly into those spots right. And does that kind of help with like when you aerate a lawn and you're poking all the big, big holes in it because right. it opens it up and allows things, right. the water to get right. down deeper, Ex right? Exactly. And then if you don't like to mow, mowing short because you don't want to do it as often isn't a good idea <laughs> because uh, the, if you let the grass grow a little taller actually mm. than usual, it shades itself out and doesn't okay. require as much water. So you can still have a manicured looking lawn sure, if you want, right. if you're into that, but just you know, raise it up a half inch. Right. Well, for me though, anything that's green, I mow it. I, it's like, that's pretty much it. Yeah. There's weeds work just the same as grass. <laughs> it's green. The only drawback though uh, to the lawn thing is that when it does get going dormant, it becomes weak and the weeds can sometimes yeah. take over. So that's something you should watch as well, correct? If it, die, if it dies out, yes. And then there's a really easy way to take care of that if you've got some patches like that, and that is get a mixed lawn seed and scratch up the soil in the area that you don't like um, and put some seed in there, a little peat moss, and, and keep it damp. Now that's the trick, but <laughs> to keep it damp. But also don't just do the patch do out into the lawn that doesn't need it so that the grasses start to look the same. Otherwise you have this beautiful, nice lawn puddle mm -hmm. in the right. middle of weeds, so. You, you know, talking, you were talking lawn, you're irrigating and, you know, maybe some shrubs grew up, <laughs> you know, and they're blocking things. So right. maybe that's something else you can look at is, you know, if you have a sprinkler system, yeah. right. Don't just take it for granted that it's just going to work the same as it did last year right. and have, have the same coverage. Right. So are there things that we should be looking at as far as the sprinklers like that? Or? Sure. It, I mean, if you know how to do it yourself, fine. If not, have somebody come in and test your system and make sure it's working correctly and it's covering what you want it to cover. You might need new head 
to get it farther than it ever was before or uh, adjust it to make sure you're getting equal water uh, on the whole thing. Because, you know, it's been not until, you know, recently that we've actually had to turn on sure. a sprinkler system. Right, and, right. You know, I have a lot of, like, little, you know, the drippers and right. emitters right. that I have to go around you and check. Spray you know, heads. Yeah. You know, little things get clogged in the sure. lines. Right. Yeah. Or sure, lines. sure. Okay. So but that's, I think, the fun part. You know, you kind of go out and you kind of look and see what's yeah. going on. And you yeah. get to, like, maybe bring some flowers in or you see a cool bee or butterfly or whatever. Here's an aside is that... Um, more than one, usually one time a year, uh, we uh, got a question in the extension office, what do I do, my husband, it's not fair to say it's husband, a person in their household um, applied what he thought was lawn fertilizer and it was casserole. Oh, mm -hmm. which is and a very so, Which is a pre-emergent weed mm -hmm. seed, grass seed. And so then that lawn is gone for six months to a year. There's nothing right. you can do. It sterilized the soil and you're not going to do anything with it. I've also seen uh, where footsteps, you see literally footsteps across yes. the lawn and someone's stepped in weed killer or oh, some yeah, sort yeah. of, um, and so there can be some pretty unusual right, things that right. you find for sure. You've seen it all. <laughs> probably have yeah yeah well we kind of touched on weeds in the lawn but like weeds in the bed i i got my needling pad down the other day and i got down to get like before they went to seed yeah which is so important those dandelions and all those little tiny weeds right before they go to seed yeah. you know and there's you know you, you see a lot in you know the news you know lately about you know some of these large weed killers oh. and things like that and some of the dangers that go along with it but there's a lot of ways that you can do weed control that's like a more natural organic you could take a big piece of cardboard lay it over the top for right. a while and and keep the sunlight from coming in and if you're looking to make a new bed you don't have to spray it out you just have to block the block the sun long enough to yeah and get uh, back i think to you can you even work. make your own potions out of like vinegar and mm -hmm. things like that that will kill you kill can weed. make sure that uh, when you do your your proportions are correct and that keeping in mind that the vinegar is going to change the pH of the soil oh. enough that if it depends on what you want to put back in there, mm -hmm. if nothing, then that's fine. Okay. Right. Uh, but if you're looking to replant, sure. just keep in mind that your soil may not be happy mm. for a gotcha. while. That is good. What else we got? Here? I don't know. She gave so, us five pages, so <laughs> we don't only, want to miss anything. There's only four. Oh, four. So, okay. So things, to, things to look at while we're out in, <laughs> out in our garden. You know, things are growing, and you'll start to see some pest kind mm. of kind of things in the garden. What kind of pest might we start seeing this time of year? Aphids. Oh, <laughs> the dreaded aphids. Aphids. Yeah. Spider mites. That'll happen as it gets drier and drier into mm -hmm. the summer. Spittle bugs, which people don't like that foamy stuff on their right. plants. The reason a spittle bug makes that spit or foam is to protect themselves because they can't manage the sun and the heat. Mm -hmm. So all, for spittle bugs, hose them off and either a bird will eat them or they'll dry out. Yeah. So um, it's a natural no, pest right. control. Right. <laughs> it's a science project because then you sure. get to see that little kind of caterpillar underneath. I think that is. No, no it's, it's, a, it's little, a little tiny it's a little green bug. Yeah. 
And then aphids, I mean, there's sprays for aphids. I don't have a lot of aphids. I just spray them off with the water. Yeah, and I, I, come back, I use but. mostly water. And if it gets really bad, a lot of times I just, especially like with a rose, I know that not everybody would do this, but I just go very carefully <laughs> all the way up to the top of the bud and they're all squished. So yep. immediate right. control. It's, it's healthier for the environment. Oh, for yeah. sure. Wash your hands. The other thing, <laughs> the aphids drip what's called a honeydew. And if you have a maple tree or anything that has a lot of aphids on it, um, they'll drip and it'll get on the leaves below. Right. And many times it, it can be a camellia, and then you see black mold on the surface right. of the camellia, and then people think there's something wrong with oh, the camellia, mm -hmm. but it's not. It's just a black fungus that actually grows on that honeydew. And it, there again, it's not going to kill the azalea, and you can hose it off. Oh, that's, that's really a good tip because yeah. I think we get so panicky. It's like, I'm going to lose that, and, and there's really something simple. Right, and if you see like one leaf has a brown spot on it, pick it off. I mean, it yeah. doesn't mean that the whole plant is going to be affected. Right. You can tell when it is if it's all over a particular plant. And really, with the warm weather coming, we don't have to worry about slugs or maybe just in the shade or if you water them. Well, up. I don't know. We'll have to ask <laughs> the slugs. I have enough shade and enough hostas that I'm putting out the phosphorus bait okay. just to keep it, uh, keep it in check. Right. Yeah. And really, those are just a uh, phosphorus. It's a chemical, not a chemical, it's an element. Yes. So you don't have to worry about really bad contamination. Well, no pet problems, right. nothing, um, so, yeah, or animals. Right. So that, that's been a good way to do it, but you gotta reapply it. Mm -hmm. It can take a little, a lot of the slug baits can take a little rain, mm -hmm. but uh, if it's rained hard, I would reapply. Yeah. Right. Or if or you're irrigating, you're overhead irrigating <laughs> right, exactly. a lot right. too, exactly. then you're kind of just washing a lot of that Sure, off. sure. Or put so, the beer traps back. So Jen, I, I hear the buzz too is about mosquitoes during the summer. Mm. Uh -huh, sorry. Uh. <laughs> um, what would, can somebody do to kind of reduce the amount of mosquitoes in their uh, garden? Well, there are some plants that are considered repellents, but um, I don't have a lot of scientific information on that. I would say the biggest thing is just to reduce any standing water that you have. Old tires have water in them, and boy, that's a great place. Or just a, a bird bath that's sitting there and nobody's cleaned it out for a while mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, so make sure that those all that standing water and even sometimes you can water a pot and you've got a tray underneath and it fills with water mm -hmm. and then it sits there right. for a while. The other thing is there's a product called Dunk which you can put in the water. It's Animals can w drink the water, it's okay, but you put it in the water and it kills the mosquito larva. larva. And you don't need, they're, literally they look like a donut. And you, you don't even read the directions so that you know how much of it to put in how mm -hmm. much water. Right. Because so, you don't need a whole one in a small fountain. Mm -hmm. But that really works very well. Mm -hmm. Or put the aerator in a fountain. Right. You Keep know, it going. Keep it going. That yeah. kind of deters them, yeah. too. Yeah. What are, what are some other pests we might encounter this time of year? You know, you know, your list talks about like ants with wings. Right. Oh. <laughs> ants with wings are moving their nest to another place. Until, when it gets crowded, aphids do the same thing. When it gets crowded, the next babies 
are hatched with wings so they can go somewhere else. And so I would say, especially the winged ants, if they're large and black, I would have someone identify to know if they're carpenter ants. Okay. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that it's going to hurt your house. It just means they're on the move. I live in fir trees, so you see carpenter ants no matter what. Um, make sure that, um, do some inspection to make sure it's yes. not a not an issue. That's it. So it's not necessarily always a carpenter ant if, it no. is, if it's a No, and well, also people, uh, I saw a termite, is it an ant? No, it's a termite. There's damp wood termites that mm -hmm. we have and they can do some damage. Um, but usually you don't see them moving until the fall. The carpenter ants you'll see in the, in the summer as well. And on the OSU website, I think there's some good identification. You yeah. can really see them because the pictures are big. Yeah. So you can, if you catch one, you can kind of right. compare it to... Right. Well, there's a space in between the head and the, the abdomen that'll show you the shape of this little piece that comes up in between. And based on that, you can tell what kind of ant it is. Mm -hmm. And I've had in my yard a lot of like box elder bugs. <laughs> <laughs> this you time. and everybody else. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, people that see them, can you maybe describe what a box elder bug looks like so they can see and if we need to do anything with them? Sure. It's uh, more of an oval than it is round, like a ladybug's round. But these are uh, more lengthened. And when they fly and open up, they're red underneath, but they're sort of a gray-black when they just land. They come out with the heat. Uh, we had so many calls one time in the master gardener office that with, we would hang up the phone and it would ring again because they were so bad uh, that year. And we got so, we were saying, what part of town do you live in and what color is your house? So we were trying to oh, sort of learn sure. if a dark house attack, uh, attracts them more than a lighter one or, or whatever. And I know they're a pain, uh, but they're not gonna bite you. They don't hurt you. They don't even hurt the tree. The tree, uh, the box elder bug larva is the what eats the tree. Right. But oh. once you see the adult, right. it's, it's not. Hatched, yeah, hatched it's, yeah. So it's they'll just come in, a they'll real... They'll come into the house if they're, I know. they're in the house, yeah. The yeah. cat is interested in yeah. them. She yeah. follows them everywhere. <laughs> yeah. But it's not necessarily anything we need to be concerned about. Or, not at all. They're just pesky. To, yeah. Yeah, just or, if they build up, like, yeah, but what do I, what can I spray on them? They're not, they're not feeding, and there's nothing that you're going to literally kill them with, unless it's pretty potent stuff, which right. you don't want to use. No. Uh, so hose them off, vacuum them up in the house, whatever you need to do. So speaking of pests, <clears throat> yellow jackets. Oh. And I know it's a little early when we're talking here in June, but um, yellow jackets will become more and more of a problem as the summer goes on. Why are they so nasty? Personality, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when you, they come out in, in the fall, they're hungry because they're feeding their nest to make it through the winter. And needless to say, corn on the cob and salmon and hamburgers and all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm not gonna say this is a scientific study, but we've had really good luck with taking uh, bounce dryer sheets with the normal scent, not non-scented or anything else, just regular dryer sheets and literally just wadding them up and putting them under a plate or a table or whatever 
and it seems to mess up their ability to smell yeah. and find oh. you. Um, and so it's worth a try. They're, they're beneficial insects, so unless they're bothering you, leave them be. Um, and just keep uh, food covered, maybe, that's yeah. out on and your, your table and yeah, your uh, whatever, so that you, yeah, it, you don't want one of them to be in your can of pop and find out when you take a big gulp that you have a yellow jacket. Do you think those traps work? You know, the yellow traps yeah, they with the work, pheromones? But it, only I wouldn't use them unless I really had an issue. Okay. Because you're killing a beneficial insect. Okay. I mean, if they're if you're worried about it and it's near uh, a nest is near your barbecue or whatever, then maybe that's a problem. But you know, be careful. And beneficial, you mean they they were a predator, so they eat some yeah, bad they bugs. Eat, yeah, they eat other critters too. They eat so, and things. Yeah. Well, um, Jan, we're going to take a break, and we finish with pests, and so I'm going to be a pest and take a break now. Um, when we come back, we'll talk about some more tips you should look for during the summer after we get a message from our sponsors. Okay. Here at Capital Subaru, we are family. From you, our customers, our coworkers, and even our actual family members work here. This is my son, Casey. We're generations ahead of the competition, and we're always working to keep you and your family moving. We're here for you. We make it easy to join our Capital Subaru family. All the support you need, from sales and financing to service and parts. We'll be here for you for generations to come. And generations after that. I'm Blake. And I'm Casey. We make it easy to join our Capital Subaru family, where it's your, your way, way on, on the, the parkway. parkway. For 75 years, Al's Garden and Home has been a favorite destination of local gardeners. Starting in a small roadside fruit stand off of 99E in Woodburn by Al Biggie, Al's has grown to four retail locations in the Portland metro area that also includes a huge growing operation near Hubbard. To ensure that you get the highest quality, Al's grows over 80% of the plants they sell. This fourth generation family owned business is now one of the most recognized garden centers in the country. Stop by one of our four locations to learn why Al's is the first stop for Northwest gardeners. DRAM is celebrating 75 years of design and manufacturing of quality watering tools. DRAM products feature nine water patterns and are designed to nurture your plants with a shower of rain. DRAM for lawn and garden, available at garden centers near you. At Sagawa Nursery, we always talk about taking your garden from ordinary to extraordinary. For us, that means bringing you the newest and best plants and unique garden items to you, our customer. For you, that means we'll help you transform your garden into something that's extraordinary. We also have some great gift items and even a few surprises for inside your home too. Sagawa Nursery, growing beyond the ordinary. And welcome back to Garden Time. We are talking with Jan McNeilan about summer garden tips. And we left off with pests, and now we're going to move to diseases. Yeah. Diseases in the summer garden, so. Such uplifting kind of right. <laughs> We'll get to the fun stuff. <laughs> but important to know what you're looking for or how do you treat it, those kinds of things. Well, I think number one, you do need to make sure that you know what it is mm -hmm. and what the treatment for it, if there is a treatment. Because like um, blossom end rot, is really not a disease, it's a, an element 
that's missing in the soil for that tomato. But a lot of folks think that it must be a fungus or making that tomato black on the end. And all it is is a lack of calcium in the soil. And once it's there, you can't do anything about it. Um, but you can remember to keep it watered and to keep that plant as healthy as can be. And then you just cut the black spot off. It's not anything that you can't eat. Right. And so next year you should put some lime down when yep. you're planting. Yes. And that really helps. And yes. even watering. And right, even watering. The other thing too, is maybe this is off a little bit, but um, is even watering with cucumbers and, mm. and zucchini and those types of summer squash. Um, because if it's uneven watering, you know how they're supposed to be nice and round and firm, mm -hmm. and then one end is all twisted yeah. and skinny, oh. and um, it's that that's a lack of water where it pulls it out oh. of that end, and or even at the stem end, and then it can be bitter. It can be literally very bitter. So what I do, if it looks funny, cut it, put it on your tongue, and if it's bitter, Cut some more off, right? Until you get there. No. Trying no. to think of other diseases. diseases some. You know, like you'll see a lot of like cherry, flowering cherry trees. Oh, right. You know, the mm -hmm. spring are in full full bloom, and now they're kind of, you know, the blooms are all off and they're done. And you notice a lot. Some of them may have like holes. Yeah, it's in, called in shot leaf. hole, and it's a disease. And so at that point, you really can't do much about it. If you know, if you want to start using fungicides and chemicals. You need to understand how much and when, and make sure that you're that you're treating for the correct disease. Right. Um, but shot hole, what happens? It looks awful, and it looks like your tree is going to die, and then a new growth comes, and you do, it's not there. So it's a stage kind right. of thing. So maybe go to your independent garden center, come to Portland Nursery here, or look at the OSU extension. It has all that information: how to take care of fruit trees, when you right. spray, what to spray. Yeah. Yeah, and to how to identify how to, if yeah. you have a problem, right. for sure. And then also sometimes this year, you know, as, as things warm up, we'll, we'll see wilt mm -hmm. in, a, in a tree, and we think maybe it's like on a dogwood, might have some wilty leaves, that we need to water it a lot mm -hmm. more. But it could be a different problem. Could be anthracnose. And um, still, even with verticillium wilt with maples and anthracnose, mm -hmm. sometimes if, if you're not gonna spray, um, it helps to fertilize and water well so that you give that plant a better chance mm -hmm. of surviving a disease. Um, and, but there again, just making sure that you have the problem identified. Mm -hmm. I mean, a brown leaf isn't gonna right. really tell you uh, what it is. So there's a number of things that you can do. Most of the things is by the time you see that disease, there's you're not going to take it away right. by doing right. any kind of treatment. Right, it's not going to make that wilty leaf perk back up no. or right. put the hole back in the right. back in the leaf. But right. it's, you right. want to prevent a spread, and that's perhaps right. birds. You know, like mm -hmm. sure. you know, identified at your garden center or like a Bartlett Tree Service or something sure. like right. that. Sure, right. Arborist yep. can come out yeah. and yeah. recognize that. And then what about roses? So many people have roses, and it's like we're now we're into the dry part of summer, so you really shouldn't be seeing black spot but maybe there's still leaves on there. There can be rust and rust, black spot right. and aphids and a number of other, uh, other things. What I've also noticed, if you have the option, there's some um, 
rose varieties that are very uh, susceptible mm -hmm. to problems or very resistant, mm -hmm. mm, true. depending Shocking. on which. I have one rose that has no black spot, has no rust, gorgeous, shiny, black, blackish green leaves. Mm. The flowers are fine, mm -hmm. and I don't think I've even noticed any aphids on it. So mm -hmm. it's it's a variety that's really resistant mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. issues. But some of the older ones, the Peace Rose and Tropicana, and oh. some of the other ones, mm -hmm. although beautiful, uh, will be more susceptible. True. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe look at that when you're shopping. Right. Yeah. It's always listed on the right. tags. Right. Definitely. Any other disease things we need to look at, or? I'm thinking. Well, with our trees, if you're concerned, hire, you know, call an arborist, call professionals. Sure, or just take a branch into sure. a garden center mm -hmm. and ask what, them What about on, like, conifers, when you get a lot of, like, needle drop on the mm. in, inside or browning, browning needles? In the dry weather, uh, if, if you've got browning clear to the tip of the mm -hmm. branch, there's a problem. It might be the roots, it might be just drought or whatever. But if it's on the inside of the plant, it's a natural senescence that everything, including rooted rhododendrons, you see a yellow leaf right. on the inside. It's a natural senescence, and some years it's much worse than others, uh, where, say, western, uh, western cedar, mm -hmm. um, you'll see that drooping, and it's called flagging. And it, it'll come off in the winter when the winds start. <laughs> So as we're you know war warming up and getting to these things, we're out in our yard watering. You know, we talked a little bit about that. There's some practices that are better for watering, and better ways to water than others that we kind of need to be aware of, like times of day, whereabouts to water as far as well, on the foliage into the ground. What are, what are some good tips to be watching as we? It's better to water deeply and infrequently than it is to just sprinkle, you know, I mean, so you could think you've watered, okay, you're going to water the lawn or you're going to water a flower bed or a raised bed or a pot even. Um, do what you think you should do and then go around, stick your finger in the pot and see if it's moist. Right. That's easy for a pot, but a lawn, if you've got mulch on, especially if it's thick mulch, when you're watering, I doubt that you're going beyond the mulch itself and that you're not right. going into the root zone. So when you plant, let's say I'm going to put in a new small rhododendron. This is a new plant for me. It's a gallon can and I'm going to put it in, get it planted, and then I'm going to put mulch around it. Make the mulch thinner in the root zone than it is everywhere right. else. It'll look good everywhere else, but at least when you're watering that plant, you're going to get down into the soil rather than just the mulch. Right. Sure. And we've, we've talked about, you know, mudding in and planting in the, in the warmer months. It's the only way to fly. Yeah. So what, what is mudding in for people that are Mudding in is okay. I've got the same rhododendron right now. I'm going to dig my hole. I'm going to dig it twice as wide mm -hmm. as the root ball and as deep. You don't want the plant to settle into loose soil and be lower than it was in the, in the growing can. So, okay, I'm gonna put this, I've got it in the ground, and before I backfill the soil, I'm gonna take the hose and I am going to poke it down in the base of that plant. 
I'm going to fill it back in and I'm going to do it again and then I'm going to wet it again so that that new plant is literally not in mud really but that's what it's right. called but <laughs> right. but so that new plant is in a very very moist soil environment so that's what and, and when it's really hot mm -hmm. that really helps of course right. if I if it's like today wait till this evening or early morning yeah. so that right. you take a little stress mm -hmm. off the plant but and then that's not the last time you're going to water any plant. No. no? <laughs> and so you really, you know, a lot of us, we plant, oh, a new one over here and a new one over here. And then you have to remember where all these plants are that you're supposed to give more water to. Uh, so they really need all the way through that first season and into the fall rains. You need to be yeah. vigilant about yeah. keeping that plant wet. So really go, I like to go out with um, a beverage, sometimes mm -hmm. uh, an adult beverage, but then I do my watering and it's like I'm not in a hurry. Right. So I'm enjoying my garden and I'm really like staying there, letting it soak in. Right. We right. can't be in a hurry right. to water. And you no. may go back to it and water it. Yes. Go water a few more things and right. then go back and hit it again just to make sure that it's... I often do that with pots. I'll water that mm -hmm. pot, let it soak for a minute and go do these. Right. Then I'll come back and do that mm -hmm. one again. And then with hanging pots, we always say that let water it enough so that that it's draining through the mm -hmm. drain hole in the bottom and that's a different amount depending on the kind of soil and how large the pot is but uh, just keep those hanging pots moist right because you have to worry about the wind too we get some really kind of dry wind, drying winds yes so yes. it's not just the sun or yeah. the temperature yeah yeah and what about times of, time of day is it better certain times of day to water than others the theory is yes. <laughs> Mine's we'll the reality. <laughs> My theory is you water when you can. Uh, yes, early in the morning is nice. Late in the afternoon and the evening, yes, there might be, if you're watering roses, there might be more disease uh, there. But um, not everybody has a strict routine that's right. going to fit right. when right. We, t we will tell you when to water and you will never have time then. So water when you can. Right. right. If that plant is wilty in the afternoon, yeah, don't you wait until the next morning yeah. to do it. Go exactly. ahead and get water on it now. Exactly, right. exactly. And what about that old wives' tale that the, if you have droplets on the leaves, you're going to burn them? Nope. Nope, that's not no, true. No, it's just water. It's uh, Try it yourself with right. a magnifying <laughs> glass and see if you can burn it or not. Um, and no, it, it doesn't hurt it any. Yeah. You, the plant needs it. It needs it. Right. So right. get out there. Right. And there's indicator plants. I mean, hydrangeas will tell you oh, right away yep. if you need water. Right. And uh, actually, I have a Ragosa rose that's not happy right now, no. no matter how much water I put on it. So that's when you start checking for voles under the soil that are making tunnels right. and yep. no water is going anywhere. Right. So. But there is like, if it's a really hot day and the soil is moist, you know that you've watered and the plants are still flagging, it's because it's so hot. Right, and likely it's gonna, they're gonna look fine the next day because yeah. they have enough soil moisture. Yeah. Like I said, my hydrangeas do it every year. Yeah. They leaf yeah. out and then the first warm day, they'll right. wilt down in about two <laughs> seconds and then the ground's plenty moist. Right, yeah. And it's moisture, they just yeah. can't take it all. And then yeah. they, eventually they kind of harden off as the season progresses right, and you don't right. have that. Can you dismiss them and maybe that'll help or it doesn't usually do anything? I don't think it does a lot. <clears throat> Makes us feel better. I don't know, we yeah. spray it ourselves. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. Bring some of the temperature out of the, right. out of the foliage a little bit. Right, it's like watering barefooted and it's hot. 
<laughs> it feels good. Yeah. Oh man, John. Let's so see one, one thing is, you know, I was in my my garden the other day, and you know, I had onions that I wintered over. Mm. They did not perform that great last last summer, so I let let them in, and they started, you know, coming up with their their leaves on it this spring. But now they're all going to flower, real quick. So is that a common thing for onions? It can yeah. be. It, it's uh, literally called bolting. If it's spinach or kale or even rhubarb or right. whatever, uh, when they start to flower, that means I'm done growing. I'm going to plant seeds now. Um, and so um, if it's just one or two flower heads, you can snap it off and see. That's what I, that's yeah. what I would do on some of yours and see. Yeah, just yeah, mm -hmm. I have garlic right now. It's just about ready to bloom, and we'll see. Right. But I need to keep that bed healthy so but that they'll get. You want to go, go through and, and snap as soon as you are seeing those the flower, flower buds. Heads. If you cut those off, yeah. we'll continue putting the energy back down exactly. into the, but the flower. But a lot of people love to cut those big garlic flowers and not cut them off. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I was cutting just, it's a tight, tight bud, and mm -hmm. I was yeah. cutting them, and I'm, I'm, I'm eating yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. After, if I'm go. not going to get the onion out of it, I might as well get something right, out, right, of, right. out of the top. So exactly. Use it. It's kind of a nice garlicky onion flavor. Oh, nice. This year I planted three more to tomatillos than I did last oh, year. Oh, my gosh. I love them. Uh-huh. You make a great tomatillo sauce. Well, too. they're so hardy, and they grow, you don't do much other mm -hmm. than water them, and when they mature, they'll drop the, the sh that paper sheath on the mm -hmm. outside. They'll even drop off and lay under the plant for three weeks and be fine still. Oh. It's not like a tomato that you gotta get it while it's ripe. Uh, so, and they're easier to deal with and they're $1.29 in the store a pound. Whoa, yeah, so they are spendy, gonna... definitely. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see how my, my, uh, and my tomatillo supply is. And a quick tip about when to harvest the garlic. What's it, an indicator, or you just kind of try one and see if it's ready, or? You know, that's a really good question because I haven't grown garlic in years, but <laughs> from what I remember, uh, it's usually in midsummer to late summer. Yeah. If yeah, you the, the plant foliage, it in the, the fall. Also dry. Start, start right. Drying, drying. Okay, yeah. okay. Very Here's cool. the onion man. <laughs> <laughs> And then what about like, um, I want to start getting my fall crops going. So some of the cold or, or coal crops, um, do I start planting them now or do I wait until September? In, in no, July or? depending on what it is. Mm -hmm. And we've talked many times about growing your own and, and OSU publications. There's a very good one on vegetables at, that you can find out um, when to plant them and which sec section of the state is the right. best time to do it and what the temperatures are. So a lot of things are, you could do succession plantings. Mm -hmm. We were talking about green beans. Right. You can do fall crops in the, um, you can do for fall crops, like you could plant more beets, you can plant spinach or more kale. And that some things will actually push into a winter mm -hmm. garden as right. well. But it'll say on the package. Yeah, that's true. And there's so much information on those packages. I think we forget to read them or save them and right. go back to them again. But, you know, now now is kind of the time. You know, we've done a lot in our garden up to this point. We've planted a lot of things. We're moving into into summertime, and it's kind of time to sit back and enjoy 
That's you're, exactly. You're, you're great idea. You, know, great tip. you do all the mm -hmm. work that's up front. Right. You can still plant. You yes. know, there's still little holes. Sure, it's still time right. to get things in. Sure. You know, as we're sitting here at Portland Nursery, you know, the benches are, <laughs> are, so are full and it's, you know, so, so much tempting. amazing, amazing colors. Yeah. We can still plant year round into the summer months, but you know, I say get out and enjoy your enjoy your garden yeah, and enjoy why the you, fruits of your labor. Yeah, why are yeah. you working so hard to make it look nice if you don't exactly. yeah. enjoy yeah. it? For sure. Use that bench you put in. You bet. <laughs> that we never use those benches. Right. So any other tips as we're going into the summer months or stay cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll see. Well thank you very much, Jan. Um, Great tips, as always. Uh, we can always go to the Oregon State University Extension website uh, for more information. I have that on the screen. If you're not in the Oregon uh, area, every state has excellent information through their University Extension website. So just look for the one in your area. Um, we'll be back uh, when we get closer to fall. We'll talk about some of those things then. Uh, thanks again to Portland Nursery on Stark Street. As you know, people are shopping because it's summer and everything's looking beautiful. Um, so we look forward to seeing you again next time and happy gardening. Hi, I'm Sarah with Portland Nursery, where our passion for plants has kept us rooted in this incredible community. A lot has changed since we first opened our doors. But through it all, we've remained family-owned and operated, dedicated to providing our neighbors the largest selection of the highest quality plants Portland has to offer. With hundreds of new plants arriving each week, you're guaranteed to find something exciting and unique. Portland Nursery, a passion for plants at 50th and Stark, 90th and Division. DRAM is celebrating 75 years of design and manufacturing of quality watering tools. DRAM products feature nine water patterns and are designed to nurture your plants with a shower of rain. DRAM for lawn and garden, available at garden centers near you. Here at Capital Subaru, we are family. From you, our customers, our co-workers, and even our actual family members work here. This is my son, Casey. We're generations ahead of the competition, and we're always working to keep you and your family moving. We're here for you. We make it easy to join our Capital Subaru family. All the support you need, from sales and financing to service and parts. We'll be here for you for generations to come. And generations after that. I'm Blake. And I'm Casey. We make it easy to join our Capital Subaru family. Where it's your, your way, way on, on the, the parkway. parkway.